these are real issues. Today is to sound the alarm. The trembling is happening all the time. Puerto Rico sits between two fault lines. The central government does not have the capacity to be able to deal with this type of situation. It was the governor that admitted there is no emergency plan for earthquakes. This is where stateside, we have to exercise our social capital, our political capital, and our conscience. This is a humanitarian crisis and we will not allow it to happen again. Hi everyone. That was Cristina Pasiones-Zayas, co-chair of the Puerto Rican Agenda in Chicago at a press conference announcing the reactivation of the Chicago Puerto Rican Agenda's 3Rs campaign for earthquake relief. I am switching up the intro for this week's episode because I want to share what Puerto Ricans in the diaspora here in Chicago are doing for earthquake relief. Since December 28, 2019, close to 1,300 earthquakes have hit Puerto Rico with the largest being a 6.4 magnitude quake. In response, Chicago's Puerto Rican agenda has reactivated their 3Rs campaign to rescue, bring relief, and rebuild the hardest hit parts of La Isla. Learn more about and or donate what you can to the 3Rs campaign at PuertoRicanChicago.org. Again, that's PuertoRicanChicago.org. I'll include the link in the show notes along with a link to the latest piece I wrote for Latino Rebels about the campaign. You can also stay up to date with the PR Agenda's earthquake relief efforts on their Facebook page. Now, on with the show. Welcome, you are now listening to the Paseo Podcast, where we highlight stories by, from, and about the Puerto Rican community. Bienvenidos a todos, you are listening to the Paseo Podcast, where we highlight stories by, from, and about the Puerto Rican community. My name is Joshua Smizer de Leon, and I want to thank you for downloading this episode. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are streamed, give this podcast a like and subscribe to it. It makes a world of difference. We started this podcast as a way to bring attention to the diverse and vibrant stories that make up the Puerto Rican communities here in Paseo Boricua in Chicago and around the world. From La Isla to the diaspora, we hope you enjoy what you hear. Illinois is bringing in 2020 on a high note. Yes, in this year of clarity, lots of new legislation has been passed, but one law stands out above the rest. You guessed it, weed is legal now. In the first day of legal weed sales, dispensaries brought in over $3 million. In the first week, $11 million was earned. This is a big profit-making market we're talking about here. So on today's episode of the Paseo Podcast, I wanted to have a conversation with a Puerto Rican who owns their own brick-and-mortar weed shop. But you know what? You'll never believe this. They're all white! Big surprise, right? I know. I know. You probably think I'm kidding because so many black and brown people have been affected by the politically motivated war on drugs, which has disproportionately affected so many people of color. It would only make sense that the majority of weed dispensaries, especially right here in Chicago, are owned by people of color, right? Wrong. Unfortunately, Paseo podcast listeners, this is not the reality. In Chicago alone, 
everyone that owns a dispensary is white. This makes sense when you factor in what it costs to actually own a dispensary, especially when you factor in the generational wealth that has been amassed by our brothers and sisters of a lighter complexion. If it's helpful, I did the research, and just the application fee and license costs alone will blow your mind. First off, there is a non-refundable application fee of $5,000. I repeat, non-refundable. If approved, the cost for an adult use dispensing organization license is $60,000 for two years. That means after two years, it's time to re-up and you gotta pay to extend that license. Now, if you meet the state's social equity criteria, the application fee is $2,500, and the cost of an approved two-year license is 30 grand. Again, this is just for the application fee and license fees. So you're looking at $6,500 for just the application fee and the license, and half that if you meet the social equity criteria. This isn't even including security, the product, renting a space it includes none of that so just right off the bat who has that type of money just laying around i know for me just my student loan debt alone makes it difficult to access this opportunity if i wanted to i can only imagine what it must be like to rebuild capital for someone that was put in jail for this stuff okay let me get off my soapbox because i'm preaching to the choir on this one point is we lack representation in this new Illinois weed market, and I hope we start to see some diversity in the dispensary ownership in the future. That brings me to my guest today, Michelle Vasquez. Her online business is called Chuttables and is Puerto Rican owned, Latina owned, and made in Chicago. All things I love to hear when choosing to support a business. Hello and welcome to the Paseo Podcast. I am here in the Puerto Rican Cultural Center Studios. I'm here with Michelle Vasquez from Chettables. We're going to learn all things Chettables today and talk a little bit about weed. It is legal here in Illinois, so I had our local Boricua expert, Michelle, come on the show, and we're going to take a deep dive today. So, Michelle, for our listeners that may not be familiar with you, what should they know about you? I am Michelle, second generation Puerto Rican Latina, and I cook and bake with cannabis, and I'm currently trying to push business out there with cannabis and make people aware of it. I started this business about a year ago. Oh, wow. Okay, so this is fairly yes. new. What made you say, you know what? I want to I cook some weed-infused sweets. Um, I was working as a paralegal, and I would always consume it at work. I didn't have a time to uh, smoke, and I would consume it through an edible. I wasn't happy with the options that I was getting with an edible, so I was given the opportunity to create my own edible with butter, and I started making my own edibles. You back up a little bit. What What do you mean with butter? Like a, like a stick of butter? Like a, a stick, stick of butter? butter? Yes, a stick of canna-infused butter. I've never heard of that. Yes. I so, learned how to put it together. We ground it down weed and mm -hmm. to the correct ratio of the stick of butter, and we pretty much infuse the stick of butter to the ratio that it needs for the recipe that I make, which is just a stick. 
So I definitely want to get in later in the show. I want to get into like what what is the process of infusing yes. weed into a meal? But you mentioned making sure that the ratios are correct and the proper measurements are That's taken. Correct. I mean, are there any like general rules of thumb in terms of ratios? So what would be what would be a ratio for something like a serving for one person? Mm-hmm. Max for a person to consume is 100 milligrams. Mm. General rule of thumb is if you're buying an edible, you shouldn't really consume the whole thing, correct? That is correct. You have to have some, some type of portion control. And how, mu- how long does it normally take for an edible to kick in? It can take anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes, but up to two hours. Okay, so if you eat like half an edible and nothing happens after two hours, probably don't take the other half. Don't take the other half. Yeah. I've had people who have taken the other half and not listen to their body. You have mm-hmm. to wait for it to react and they consume too much and then they're not feeling well afterwards. Yeah, I, I knew someone that ended up consuming a whole cookie and they were knocked out for like two days. Yes. <laughs> just, yes. just asleep. I've had people <laughs> tell me that they're high for 24 hours, yeah. so I know. <laughs> Make sure you do it on a weekend, people. Do That's it on a weekend. It. What's the demand like in your world? Right now it's high. There's a yeah. lot of people that prefer to consume cannabis through food and edibles. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people cannot consume, well, smoke the weed or they have lung issues or respiratory issues and all this other medical concerns that doesn't allow them to smoke. So they have to consume it through an edible. What's business like for you? Uh, business has been striving. Yeah? Um, yes. I started off with dropping samples off everywhere. Cool. Um, and introducing people to my product that way. Nice. Um, and I knew that I trusted my own product because I made it. I knew exactly what was in it. And I tried it myself. So I knew what we were up against. <laughs> mm-hmm. And is it just sweets or is this, do you do like full on meals? Like, are we, can, are we going to see like weed infused arroz con gandules? Yes, like, what are we talking about here? That is definitely coming okay. up next. Um, I'm working on that. That's the whole plan. Hopefully a cannabis cafe um, nice. where they can consume my treats and purchase them there. Probably have an infused dinner meal or non-infused. So I want to have something that caters to both. And you mentioned dropping off, driving around, dropping off samples. What is your, what's your clientele look like now? Is it more like person to person? Do you have any like storefronts that sell your stuff? Purely me at the moment. I have had an offer come up where they have offered to have my product in their store. So I am looking forward to that. I'm excited about that. It's a podcast exclusive. (laughs) Yes. Um, So when when do you think, well, first off, good luck. I hope everything works out. Yes, absolutely. When would we know when that deal is official? Hopefully by the end of the month. Word. So, yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, we're sending you good vibes here yes. from the podcast. Thank I hope so it all much. goes well. That'd be a big deal. That, yes, that, absolutely. Talk about getting your foot in the door. I know. Wow. <laughs> I'm That's excited so for that. Yeah. How does a dispensary reach out to, to someone like you? Because I only know about you through Instagram. Yes, I'm currently only on That's Instagram. That's it, right? Yeah. Yes, I deal with a lot of private vendors, uh, mm-hmm. private people um, that come through and we discuss their medical issues. I, kind of cater more for an alternative way through medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to ensure that I used to take a lot of medication, so I want to try to give that certain approach to other people and have them try this out. I'd love to hear more about your perspective on the benefits of of consuming of consuming weed. Like you mentioned, you mentioned kind of the medical side of things yes. and healing side of things. I think the stereotype of people that smoke weed is kind of like a Cheech and Chong. You know, you're yes. hot boxing in the car and yes. out the shenanigans, opening up a big bag of Doritos and just going to town on it. You know, yeah. just it's all about I the munchies. 
Yeah, there's yeah, right. There, there's definitely a place for it, right? But I, I think that's just scratching the surface on yes. what consuming marijuana um, is. So can you share a little bit more about your perspective on just... Um, I used to have tons yeah. of insomnia. I have yeah. a lot of people who suffer from insomnia, and I make these gummy bears that um, I infuse with marijuana, and they help promote sleep and um, also helps people with pain, stress, and allows them to relax through their day. So just catering to those type of small medical conditions. I do have a friend who went through cancer and she's still fighting it. Um, and my gummies have been working for her, you know? So it's mm -hmm. taking the medical approach to it and trying to help people with this plant that many people aren't educated about. I know there's not a lot of like scientific data or, or analysis that's been done on consuming weed. You know, I'm sure in, in some medical cases you need certain types of drugs, but my gosh, like when you watch these commercials for some of these drugs that they're trying to peddle on, on commercials or even when you're in the doctor's office, like you start looking up or listening to what these side effects are and the side effects sound worse than the symptom that the medicine you're taking is trying to treat. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so against it. So I went from taking a couple of medications myself to help sleep or migraines, and I just started just using strictly marijuana, and that's all I take now. Can you walk us through what that, what that shift in your mentality was like? So you're taking medication. What, what was the light bulb, the light bulb moment that you said, you know what, I, I don't want to rely on these drugs. I want to smoke weed or, or cook weed the medications that I was taking, I felt like they were messing with me and mm -hmm. just taking a toll on me mentally and just giving me these type of symptoms that they just weren't for me. Mm -hmm. um, so I started smoking weed and at night it would help me sleep. And then I just started deciding um, once I had somebody else's brownie or somebody else's gummy bear, I didn't like it. It didn't help me achieve mm -hmm. what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And that's what kind of steered me to start cooking with weed and trying to create something myself that I would be able to enjoy, but while still getting that full effect of what I was doing. So, so you took that into your own hands. Yes. That's pretty cool. Yes. How'd you learn how to do this? Uh, recommendations and friends, guidance. Cool. Um, I have a friend who's also in the industry and lets me know and guides me. So That's awesome. Mentorship yeah. is important. Yes, mentorship yes, is there. Yes. So weed is legal now in Illinois. Yes. Have you seen any, I know you mentioned that business is picking up. Yes. Have you noticed any shift in the demand for your product before marijuana was legal in Illinois and after? I feel that the demand is higher now. Mm. The items that they have at the dispensary are, they have the regulations. They can only offer so much. And in milligrams, people really want to try to get high. And sometimes what they get at the dispensary is not enough. So they find an alternative method. and. That's kind of where we come in. I was on a show for the Chicago Sun-Times. It's a podcast hosted by a guy named Ben Jarofsky. Okay. And the episode I, I happened to be on uh, to give commentary on, I didn't know what the theme was, but it was all about medical marijuana. It was all about legal marijuana. It was like just before the new year. So we were just, it was like anything marijuana, we were talking about it. And in our conversation, we were talking about an eighth. And no one was like, what's an, eighth, what's an eighth look like? What's the size of an eighth? Okay, we're talking an eighth of an ounce. Well, how much does that go for in a dispensary? Some people were saying $80. Yes. And I've yes. heard from others, you can get it from anywhere from like 40 to 50. So in addition to being charged a huge amount for something you'd probably get from your weed person half off, if not close to it. Absolutely. And it's not as strong. 
No, not as strong because of the regulations. They have to have a certain, the THC in, in the weed has to be under a certain level. Why do you think it's taken so long to legalize weed? I believe it's just politics and the government, you know, mm-hmm. ta- taxing it and everyone, everyone wants their cut and money. So it's not really about the marijuana and what it does to help people, but more about how they're going to benefit from it monetary. Yeah. It's become common knowledge, or at least this information was put in the public sphere in like the mid 90s. Yes. Um, and it was, it was, um, man, I forgot what position this man held in the Nixon administration, but back in the 70s, the Nixon administration made this whole big uh, issue out of weed um, and really ramped up this whole war on, quote unquote, war on drugs. And yes. in the mid 90s, we find out from one of his administrative officials that. It was really just created to suppress his political opponents. So if, you, if you're locking up everybody and giving everybody a record, well, if you're getting put in jail, you're losing your right to vote. Yes. So you're able Take to suppress away. a vote. Um, you're not able to let your voice be heard. You're not allowed to speak to the injustices and be the change or work towards a change you want to see in the world because you're shackled by this stamp. Yes. That says hey, you're you're a drug you consumer, you're a weed consumer, and it's with you forever. Yeah. It's hard to get a job. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, and we find out that this whole war on drugs is just a big sham. Yes. Um, and now we have a situation in Illinois, specifically in Chicago, when they did the lottery for licenses. There's no black owners. No. There's no, no Latino owners. There's no Latina owners. There's no people of color at all. Yes, and they're making it so hard for us to get in there. Yes. Uh, you can pay your application fee, and it's no guarantee that you'll get it. Um, I don't know how they do the lottery to pick everyone out afterwards, mm-hmm. even after you pay. I want to do my infusion license. That's my goal. But I'm not sure that I'll be able to get it because with all the regulations, and they still have so much to, like, really put in order. I feel like they're still disorganized. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of laws that they still haven't adjusted or really put into effect because they're still working on them. So they're kind of still like up in the air too. I think like that first day, first week, <laughs> those numbers that were coming out in the sales, like it was over three million. Huge. <laughs> when it comes to access to licenses to your own storefront, if you're, let's say, hypothetically, in the future, you're able to jump through all the hoops. The money's there. I'm gonna do the it. Supports there. You're gonna open up your own shop. Yeah, I'm, so I'm talking with this business owner. I'm actually going to meet with him after this. And we've been working on trying to do uh, events together, mm-hmm. you know, as everything starts growing into, you know, legalization and we keep getting better at this. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to start off at my restaurant and he's opening a door and offering me his restaurant to jump on board and I'm willing to take it. So it's a Puerto Rican infusion. Yeah. I want to do that for sure. What is um, What are your plans, if any, like, let's say you open up that storefront, things go well. Would we maybe be seeing a charitable storefront on Paseo Boricua at all? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I want to have it at home. Nice. This is where I started. Going back a little bit to the name. Why the name no. Chettables? Che is um, short for Michelle. So okay. I call myself. <laughs> um, I don't know why I didn't think of that first. Sorry, yeah, Michelle. No, you're okay, fine. Okay, Che. Was that a nickname? Yes. Okay. So he used to call me Chella, but I switched it over to Che, and then I capitalized the E, and then just added the edibles, so it's Chettables, so it's... A treat that. from me, made mm-hmm. of me, with my name in it. <laughs> so kind of something like that with a little twist. We want to take this moment to say thank you again for listening. 
When you download our podcast or subscribe to the podcast itself, that makes a world of difference. So gracias for taking your time to listen to us. We also want to take this time to thank the sponsor of today's episode. This episode would not be possible without the generous support of the Puerto Rican Cultural Center. The Puerto Rican Cultural Center, located at 2546 West Division Street, right here in Chicago, is a community-based, grassroots, educational, health, and cultural services organization founded on the principles of self-determination, self-actualization, and self-sufficiency that is all activist-oriented. For more information on the work they do, give them a visit at their website at prcc-chgo.org. Again, that's prcc-chgo.org. Now, if you or anyone else you know would like to be a sponsor of the Paseo Podcast, please email us at paseopod at gmail.com. That's P-A-S-E-O-P-O-D at gmail.com. Tell them Joshua from Humble Park sent you. Besides being able to legally purchase weed, what should our audience know about the new weed laws in Illinois? Uh, to be very careful when purchasing um, outside of a legal dispensary. Um, you still have to be cautious when purchasing outside. Don't drive while you're high. I mean, they can still pull you over and do a mandatory blood test. And again, they're still working on those laws and regulations. They don't really have everything set in stone, but what they've addressed that is coming up um, and so just be very careful. Just be very careful with what you consume and know who you're purchasing from. A lot of people also make edibles and they don't know who they get their butter from or where their product comes from. And you have to know the source of your product. All right, so if you're comfortable with it, Michelle. Yes. I wanna, I don't know how this is gonna work, but we're gonna do a little, little bit here where I'm gonna give you some true and false, multiple choice questions that are all related to legal weed sales in Illinois. So we're gonna put you through a little lightning round here. Um, if you don't Let's have do them it. right, that's okay, because I'm just that's looking okay. up the answers as we do this. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. Okay, let's see. Okay, first question. Yes. And you answered this earlier, but so this, we're gonna start out with an easy one. Okay. How much weed was sold in Illinois in the first day of legal sales? Was it A, $1 million worth, B, over $3 million worth. C, $11 million worth. Or four, nothing was sold. It was over $3 million sold. Ding, ding, ding. Yes, That's correct. Yes, That's yes. correct. <laughs> okay, next, next question. How much weed was sold in the first week of legal sales? Ooh. Was it... True or false? Over $11 million worth. True or false? False. Sorry, Michelle, that's true. Over a, over $11 million oh, no. worth of weed was sold in the first week. So much so that many dispensaries have had to stop selling because they've run out of supply. That is true. That I heard, I heard that, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's wild out there. True or false, you have to be over the age of 21 in order to purchase weed legally in the state of Illinois. That is true, and you need an ID. 
You are right. What is the what is the total number of grams that you can have on you legally? I think it's 500 milligrams in THC edibles. Hmm. And I want to say 100 milligrams in cannabis. I feel like I want to default to you and just say you're right. Because what I read, how much weed can I have? This is from the Chicago Sun-Times. <laughs> yes. um, Illinois residents over the age of 21 will be able to carry 30 grams or just over an ounce of marijuana flower, the plant itself, five grams of cannabis concentrate like hash oil, and up to a half gram of THC. Does that sound right? Yeah. I feel like that sounds low. It sounds very low. Right. <laughs> yes or no? People that purchase weed legally in Illinois can smoke pot wherever they want. Yes or no? That is a no. Correct. It is a no. You still will not be able to legally partake in the street or in public spaces. Local governments can decide whether to allow pot-related businesses, including ones that allow users to indulge on site. So you can. It's so you can't do it on the street. You can't do it. Anywhere outside. It has to be in the privacy of your own Nowhere home. near any type of uh, authority, police officers or correctional officers, any type of people that are in the law enforcement. Okay. And then last question. This has to do with being able to consume weed anywhere. So we said, we, the answer to the previous question was no. You can only consume it in the privacy of your own home. True or false? If you are a tenant, if you're renting and you purchase legal weed, are you allowed to smoke it in your apartment? I would say it depends on the landlord. I think you would have to ask permission. Um, they do n I would not allow it at home. Mm -hmm. I, outside is fine, but inside the house, no. Yeah, I, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of a hard answer. Uh, I, I would say it's false. Um, I'm sure if there are Landlords that are down for that. Yes. Um, but it looks like the legal rule, the legal uh, side of things is you can't. You can't. You can't. No. no. Anything else? Um, I am grateful for the community that it opens up and how many people are actually cannabis consumers. Um, it brings a lot of people together, so I'm grateful for that. I hope that we have more Latinos in our, in our, in our com cannabis community because I feel like we're lacking and they're holding us back from pursuing that type of uh, industry, so. Yeah, I mean, I think we've seen with just, I mean, not only the first day of sales, but the first week of sales, that it can bring in an abundance of revenue, wow. not only into the pockets of small business owners, but potentially even to entire areas. If you have a line around the block, like let's say Paseo Boricua as an example, yes. if you have a dispensary here, and you have a, a line down Division Street, I mean, that's people seeing all the other small businesses that are here, yes. music, shoe repair, haircuts, restaurants. It opens door. Yeah, you're bringing people into, into a neighborhood. So I'm sure the, the benefits of this is are endless. The discussion will continue on. Um, I don't think it just ends with you and I talking no, here in the Paseo all. Podcast studios. That's so much more. For, for our listeners that are tuning in, what is a good way to keep up with you? Uh, via Instagram or Facebook. I am under Chettables on Instagram and on Facebook under Chettables as well. So you can just go ahead and send me a message, check out my pictures, and hopefully you'll find some treats through the city. 
Nice. All right. And that's Chedibles, C-H-E, period? That is correct, yes. Edibles. Dibbles. <laughs> yes. Uh, very cool. All right. Well, Michelle, you were a great guest. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. As we continue this conversation about legal weed in Illinois, you know, I, I'm very happy that I live in a state where it was passed legislatively. So, like, our yes. elected officials pushed for it. They didn't have to kind of um, take the easy route and try to put it on the people to vote for it. They saw it as a criminal justice issue. So, I think Absolutely. as this conversation continues, as that market ideally opens up for more people of color and you get your own storefront, yes, we'll make sure to have you back on. I can't wait. Michelle, thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Thanks to Michelle Vasquez from Chettables for being on the podcast. It was great having her on. Give her Instagram page a visit when you can. Even if it's not for you, you never know. It might be. Or you might know someone else who's interested. On next week's episode, I welcome Cristina Pasiones Zayas to the show. We're going to talk about her work in early childhood education and her work as co-chair of the Puerto Rican Agenda. You might remember in episodes four and five, we actually had Cristina's counterpart, the other co-chair of the Puerto Rican Agenda, Jesse Fuentes, on the show. We talked about a number of things agenda-related. Definitely go back to episodes four and five and listen to those interviews. This might not happen between now and then, but we may have an update from Christina on the Puerto Rican Agenda's three R's Rescue, Relief, and Rebuild campaign for earthquake relief. Until then, you can always learn more at PuertoRicanChicago.org. Again, that's PuertoRicanChicago.org. Without our awesome guests, this podcast would not be possible. And without you, our listeners, this would not be possible. So we really appreciate you listening. If you want to reach out to the show, connect with us by visiting our website, paseomedia.org, emailing us at paseopodcast at gmail.com, and following us at paseopodcast on Facebook and Twitter. If you have a tip, want to pitch a story, or send us a compliment, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for downloading this episode, and see you next week. Cuídate.